Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I want to remind you to check out Zencaster. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. That is my favorite program to use for all my recording needs. And the great part is, not only do they have audio, but they also have video options as well. So whether you're video conferencing, podcasting, just catching up with friends and loved ones, you definitely want to check out Zencaster. They have uh, paid subscriptions. They also have a free version, which I'm actually using right now. Transcripts, the whole nine yards, and even... Get this, Zencaster has started to do hosting. So for all you podcasters out there, if you're looking for a host for your show, please consider Zencaster. You will not regret it. I'm telling you right now. Once again, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Made on Zencaster. That's right. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we are rounding the bases on 2022. We're in December. It's the holiday season, so to speak. And of course, I got to bring back one of our favorite guests, literally like the M- one of the MVPs of the year. You know, every time this guy pops up, people respond, and there's a good reason why, because he actually is coming with quality information, well thought out, and we all get educated every time he opens his mouth, which is really refreshing. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast to close out 2022, my brother, Rob the Genius. What's going on there, Rob? Hey, man, good to be back one more time. I'm telling you, man. Listen, I I was thinking about it. I think I've had you. I don't have to think. You and Danny G have been the most frequent guests of 2022. And I think with this appearance, you and Danny G will be tied. (laughs) So that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, I, I bring Danny G in here for the uh, comic relief, and I bring you in here for the for the uh, education. So the combination of the two really has the has the audience all over the place, right? <laughs> yes, sir. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Listen, man, you you're a guy who has been doing something very special, and we featured it on the show, and and it's just been really really cool because it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that you clearly are passionate about. And that's tracking women's wrestling and how it's featured on television, pay-per-views, et cetera, by the major companies in pro wrestling. And we've had so many fantastic conversations. People always respond when we talk about this stuff because a lot of the opinion is taken out of this. And we're just literally looking at the data and analyzing the data. It's hard to pick that apart because, you know, the data is the data, man. You know, we we didn't make it. It is what it is. This is what the promoters are doing. So it's really cool when we have these conversations. But now we're in a situation. We did this last year, too, if I'm not mistaken. Now we're in a situation where we can look back at the entire year and see once and for all, 
of the major pro wrestling TV shows in particular, um, which shows featured the most women's wrestling and which shows featured the least women's wrestling? And that's important because a lot of these folks want to act like they're progressive and they're with it and they're for women's rights and the women's revolution and all this other nonsense. And then they turn around and they treat women like like uh, an afterthought, which is just disgraceful, especially, you know, going into 2023. These are old tropes that shouldn't exist anymore. Um, so so let's do it, Rob. Let, let's let's talk about how many shows are, are, did you track uh, for the year? OK, uh, just like last year, I did five. You did five shows. What are the five shows? Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Impact Wrestling, and AEW Dynamite. Okay, I'm going to do something different this time. All right. I want to go from worst to first. Okay. Let's go from worst to first because I think we spend so much time talking about who's doing it the best that we're not kicking the ass of those doing it the worst, and I want to focus (laughs) on them. I want to focus on the problem and highlight the problem. So going into 2023 and and throughout 2023, um, these are the folks that have plenty of room for improvement. So let's start with the bottom of the list. Who is the absolute most disgraceful um, pro wrestling show featuring the least women's wrestling in 2022? Well, we have a uh, (laughs) we have a repeat winner. (laughs) Uh, Last year's defending champion. And won it again, and that would be AEW Dynamite. There we go. There we go. The flagship show of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Khan, you are a scumbag. You are a complete disgrace. You are a sexist pig. I can't stand the fact that you have disrespected women's wrestling in the manner that you have. You feature the least women's wrestling of all the five major pro wrestling programs on television today in the United States of America, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself, you are a scumbag, Tony Khan. A scumbag for that. Two years in a row, you're the defending champion of featuring the least women's wrestling on television. There is no, you literally take credit for being the booker of this stuff. I'm, you, you actually said it to me. I should know. I, I write the stuff. That's what you said to me, Tony. And here you are continuing to disrespect women's wrestling beyond belief. Two years in a row. And actually, if we were to track it even before then, throughout the duration of your company, this is what you've been doing. But Rob, dig into that a little bit for me, man. How okay. bad? Well, actually, it? yeah. I mean, they, they, they've been, um, you know, they've been bad from day one. And now let me, let me explain how easy it, first of all, they are the easiest company to keep track of. You know why? Because they only have one match every week. So, because what I do is, you know, I'm, you know, I have my spreadsheet and I put in how many matches did each company, you know, did this show have this week, you know, that type of thing. I can literally, I can punch in one match for AEW every week. I don't have to wait. Um, I think they've only had more than one match maybe once all year. So I can literally type in, in fact, yes, according to what I got here, they had, they've had one match. Every every episode except one, so I can literally you know. So after like this week, they're going to have their one match on Wednesday, and you know what I can do after the match is over, I can type in one match for next week, and I'll more than likely will be right. 
I more than likely will not have to change that. <laughs> okay. Um, it, that's what they do. They get one match and, and just, and having just seen a few quotes from some of the women wrestlers, they're, they're kind of resigned to the fact that they get one match. I mean, and how do you, how do you develop a division? How do you develop stars? <laughs> how do you put people in a position where they can command more money during contract negotiations? They can grow. They can become more of a viable property so they can make more money for your company, bring more eyeballs. How do you do that if the entire division only gets one match on your flagship show per week? And then, and to go a little further, all right, so because one of the reasons, all right, now by keeping track of all these matches, how many and all that type of thing, people now sometimes people will say, well, if they don't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about how many matches, they, as long as they get angles and promos. And, and my answer to that is that the men's division in every wrestling company gets every match they need to tell their story. They do not get shorted. You don't ever have a situation where, well, I mean, men's, they're never short on match. The men's division always gets as many matches as they need to tell their stories. And in some weeks, They'll get they get matches that aren't even attached to a long, long, ongoing story. Like for example, last night on Monday Night Raw, they had like a they had an angle. You know, uh, JBL had a poker tournament, right? And they literally spun two matches out of that poker tournament segment that were not part of any type of were not part of a ongoing story. All right, Dominic Mysterio and uh, Tazawa got into an argument at the poker table. They had a match. And then, you know, AJ Styles and Gals and Aaronson got into an argument with Baron Corbin and the Alpha Academy at the table. They had a match. All of that stuff was self-contained within last night's episode. So if you can do that for the men's side, you can spring two matches out of, out of nowhere, then... You can't tell me that, well, you know, it's okay if the women only have one match because at least they got promos and angles and stuff. Okay, no. If you can spin, if you can create men's matches out of a backstage kind of comedy bit almost, then you can you can create a women's match out of thin air for a Monday night or a Wednesday night or whatever. You, you don't, okay, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have the big, long, ongoing story to have a match. You can create space for women's matches the same way you do for men's matches every week so and, for and, and tony khan is the guy if we're going back to AEW here tony khan is the one who's doing the booking yes so, so you i mean i mean you can very look there's no reason you can have two women bump into each other in the hallway you know get mad at each other and say let's settle in the ring tonight that i mean that is an age-old pro wrestling thing that has happened for years and years and years you know two people get into some kind of spontaneous dust up backstage and they take it to the ring right i mean you could that is you can do that i mean it's not hard to do that and so that's why i say that the number of matches is important because again again the men get every match they need to have and they also get matches that are sprung out of whole cloth almost it's embarrassing. Now, I they, wonder they, about so something. If you can, so if you can do that for the men, you can do it for the women, period. I wonder about something, though, Rob, because you, you're, you're tracking the top five uh, 
pro wrestling shows on television today. So obviously, you know, uh, wild superheroes or, or wild women of wrestling is what they're called now. That's not being tracked, but we already know the answer to that. It's an all women's promotion, so it doesn't need to be part of this. Right. Um, they're they're legitimately the number two pro wrestling company in America now because, I mean, they have a, a much larger reach than any other pro wrestling company not named WWE. But I'm curious about Rampage, you know, the show that um, was named after me. Tony Khan literally uh, accused me of rampaging. He, he demanded I stop rampaging uh, on Twitter. That's what he said to me, uh, which you've seen that. Um, and then next thing you know, he comes up with a show called Rampage. So you're welcome, folks. Rampage is named after me, which is probably why he buries the show, because this is his only way to stick it back to me. He's going to hurt himself in order to hurt me. Rampage wasn't part of your your uh, tracking uh no it wasn't now i do occasional not now i do you know check in to see what was on there and they generally have one match a week also okay so there's, there's now, not much difference there now the difference is well rampage is an hour is it one hour and so if you got only uh, one hour look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beat you up for having yeah, one match yeah. in one hour no that's okay. fair that's fair okay. but even in that one hour they they generally only have one women's match yeah, generally, yes. Um, so and, you you can give me one women's match on an hour-long show, but you can't give me more than one at a two-hour show, Tony? You scumbag. You 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 disrespectful to women's wrestling scumbag. That's what... Listen, while you're sitting there drinking your almond milk, you know, lactose intolerant, you know, I am too, so we're, we, we're brethren there. While you're sitting there drinking your almond milk, I want you to hear my words because I know you listen to the show. You're always paying attention to what I have to say because you know that when I complain about something, it's legit. And I know you listen to Rob the Genius because you're a numbers guy. You're a scumbag for the way that you've decimated women's wrestling. You got all those talented women in that company, and you go out of your way to devalue those women. You're a scumbag, Tony. Don't ever let anyone tell you any differently. You are a disgrace, okay? To treat women this way, you're a disgrace. Okay. How about number four? All right. Well, this is funny because, all right. So AEW Dynamite is definitively in last place. And then there's they're the kind of, well, the middle two, three, well, two, three, and four are, it's kind of mushy, to be honest, because there are, it, it just, it honestly depends on what category you're looking at. Um, if you had, well, it, yeah, it, it really, because um, well, I'd say number three and number four can be kind of interchangeable depending on your tastes, to be honest. Um, but I'd probably say, you know, it, it's really hard to tell because there's no, again, AEW is last in, in pretty much every measurable way. Like they're last in total matches for the year. They're last in matches per week. They're last in number of women who wrestle on TV every week. They're last in the number of women, you know, main event matches that they run all year. Uh, like, they're last in, like, just everything. Uh, now, but SmackDown and Impact are, well, it's... Again, they're kind of interchangeable in some ways. Um, Impact, well, actually, no, well, you know what? SmackDown is actually fourth. Uh, 
now that I'm looking at everything. They're, well, they're and, and that's that's consistent with with the past uh, year as well. They were they were fourth last year too, weren't they? Uh, well, they had last year they had a few more matches than Impact did. Oh, and, they were third. Yeah. So now this year, now what's happened this year? Impact. Now I'm looking. Impact has actually jumped pretty well ahead of them. So SmackDown is fourth, it, it, and it's a solid fourth. I would say it's not. It's not. Now, now, let me ask you this before I lay into to new Coke Triple H, because I'm putting this at you, Triple H, since you want to take credit for all the successes of the WWE lately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this at your feet there, pal. But but let me ask you this, Rob. Are we getting and I know that you probably you may not have looked at this off the top of your head. And I don't know if you have time to, to just check back. Are we getting more runtime on the women's matches in 2022 than we did in 2021? OK, here's where it goes. Smackdown. I'm, I'm, I'm gets, only talking tricky. SmackDown. I'm only talking Here, SmackDown. Okay, here's where it gets a little tricky. All right, on average, it's pretty close to being the same. The averages are a little bit higher this year. Now they're going to probably they're going to finish with the almost the exact same number of matches in total, but the, the averages are a little bit higher this year, and. Triple H since taking over, Triple H is having more women, more women wrestle on SmackDown than than before he took over. So from that standpoint, it's an improvement. But overall, it's not much different than last year. And overall, it's it's not that much different than before he came in. The only the big difference now is that he has more women wrestle per week because he's had they had a tag team title tournament, so you had tag team matches. He's had like like a six pack challenge and a fatal five way here in, in a gauntlet match. He's run those, so that that means more women in those matches. So on average, there are more women wrestling every week. Uh, it's still the same number. It's still one match a week. It's just that now you know there are more tag team matches and there are more four-way, five-way, that kind of thing. Um, whoa, 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 hold on. You said that there's still only one women's match per week on SmackDown? Yeah, I mean, they occasionally... No, they have they have, they have have two they have two matches more often than Dynamite does. So it's not it's not like where Dynamite, where you, you know every week is one match. You don't even have to check. You know but the average match. for the year, I mean, 52 weeks in a year, the average for the year still comes out to less than two. Yes, it's actually 1.3 to be exact. Okay, Triple is- H, Stephanie, Nick Khan, the three of you are a bunch of scumbags, okay? You have your flagship show being seen by more people than anything else that you put out on television per week, and you have the audacity not to feature more women's wrestling content on the show. And Stephanie, I'm talking to you in particular, and you know I got a big, I got a lot of respect for you. I think you're a hell of a person. I think you're a hell of an executive. I always said that you're the crown jewel in my eyes. But you, my friend, have made the biggest mistake of your life not featuring more women's wrestling on your flagship show. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself for it. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, you're actually worse than Tony Khan because you, Stephanie, know better than this. You sat there and you've put up with so much crap from all these men for so many years, including your daddy. And I know that you love your dad, but you know your dad has his issues. And now you're in the driver's seat, and for you to only average 1.3 women's matches on your flagship show per week 
when you literally have the best collection of women's wrestlers on the planet. I'm just telling you right now, Stephanie, I'm ashamed of you. This is scumbag behavior. And in 2023, you better get it together or we're really going to lay into you over this. I, I, you may not feel as harshly as I do, Rob, and please understand anyone listening, this is just my opinion. Don't blame Rob for my rambunctiousness, but I'm <laughs> sick and tired of playing around with these people. At some point, we got to stand firmer on this. There is no reason why women's wrestlers should be treated like this by any of these folks. It's embarrassing and it's ridiculous. 1.3 matches per week. Give me a break, Stephanie. And don't blame your husband. That 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 scumbag, New Coke, who 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 is a, a poor excuse for Vince McMahon. He's a Vince wannabe. You're in charge. You you dictate to him how this goes. So the fact that he's still getting away with the stuff your daddy was doing is just not acceptable. Rob? Yes. <laughs> um so yeah, um, I'm gonna get you canceled, Rob. Just so you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're doing this on my show and not yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pissed. I'm pissed about the whole thing, bro. And well, let me just say this. All right, because you, all right, you can never let up. All right, because even if you think, you know, it, you know, even if you think, you know, that okay, well, this person is more on my side than, you know, the other folks or whatever. Like you, you, we're pushing for it's a continuous push for progress. You can never let up. If somebody does do something well, you can give them credit for doing it. Some you can give them credit for doing that thing well, but you have to keep pushing because. Well, for one, there are always people on the other side pushing back. And that's what gets left out of these conversations so much. And they're pushing back hard. If 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 SmackDown and and uh Rampage, well, excuse me, uh in Dynamite, you know, for the two companies, these are their flagship shows. You can't push harder than that. You can't yeah, make now, a bigger statement than that. Now, but when I say pushing back, I mean there are wrestling fans who who they're, oh yeah, they are wrestling fans who want to, who want to go backwards the same way there are people in in regular life who yeah. want to go backwards. Okay? Men men who 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 look down on women, men who have always had a hard time, you know, uh, attracting women and, and they're frustrated. I mean, look in this country, you see it all over the place where these these incels they go around shooting up places, and then when you read their manifestos, part of what they're they're complaining about is the fact that they cannot attract women at least the women that they want now can you imagine that you're such a sick twisted bastard that you got to go kill people because you and your piss poor personality is not good enough to attract uh women you know and, yeah. and a lot of these in the milder version of this you see in these companies including in the entertainment industry like pro wrestling where these men will go out of their way to do whatever it takes to make women less than them. They don't even want to compete with the women because they know that the women will outshine them. I mean, who the hell is bigger than Bianca Belair? When you think about it, if she got the Brock Lesnar treatment, do you really think anyone would be bigger than Bianca Belair? Right. And now when I say I'm talking about pushing back from customers, this is, that's the important thing. I'm with it. I'm with it. It's because look, I mean, yes, it's, it's bad enough when, when you have some of these old men in these positions of authority pushing back, 
um, like people like John Laurinaitis, right? Um, but the, I mean, there there is pushback from fans who want to go backwards, and so those of us who want things to continue going forward, like we can't just pat people on the back because they made some progress and leave it there. You you have to keep pushing because there are people on the other, there are people pushing back, and you know that's. That's true for any type of progress people are trying to make in the world. Okay, there, there's always somebody on the other side pushing back, trying to make you go backwards. So you have to always keep pushing to go forward. You can never stop. You can never rest. When somebody has done a good job, you can give them credit for doing a good job. You can give them credit for doing something right. But you still have to keep pushing them. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 and I'll, I'll tell you something, Rob. It never ends. I'll tell you something. In 2022, Duke Loves Wrestling has a 46% increase in listenership. And oh, congratulations. We are we are dominating in at least 16 countries. Okay? Consistently one of the top sports, not just pro wrestling, sports podcasts around the world. And here's the kicker. The listening audience for Duke Loves Wrestling for the year, it's going to settle out at at close to 60% female. Okay, and most of them don't identify as wrestling fans. So for everybody listening out there, when you hear Rob says you you have to keep the pressure on and you can't let up, he's absolutely right because look, I've I featured Rob on my show more in 2022 than ever before, and our numbers are up. <laughs> and what are we always talking about? We're always talking about advocating for women's wrestling. I don't think that's a surprise. I don't think that's a that's a coincidence. I think that this is very deliberate and very clear. The proof is in the pudding. There is a strong movement happening out there where women want to see women succeed. And there are a, a, enough men who want to see women succeed that we're all like, yeah, let's do this. We're going to do this thing. We're going we're gonna to dedicate some real skin in the game, keep pushing, and we're going to do this thing. So for all of you on the other side who are hate listening right now, just understand you thought 2022 was something. You wait until you see what we have in store for 2023 because we're really going to start calling folks out. Okay. It's going to feel like we're kicking in the door, as Biggie Small said. We're really going to start calling folks out over this bull crap. I'm sorry. I'm getting no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, but, but and I, and I want to, I wanted to make sure I say this before going forward, though. Thank you, Rob, for helping us increase because there's no doubt about it. You definitely have brought a lot of this uh, additional recognition because, you know, you're bringing the facts. Well, look, it's, it's, it's good to hear that. It's good to know that people actually, that there's actually an audience for this. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And we're going to keep pushing it, bro, because <laughs> we're just getting started. All right. Now, who's number three? Because that's that's interesting. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that both Dynamite and SmackDown are at the bottom of the list because, you know, we can see it. We see it every week. Is There's no confusion there. But now, like you said, in the middle of the pack, it starts getting really interesting. Huh? All right. So now number three is Impact. Now, Impact, Whoa. Improved. they've improved. They have improved mightily. From last year, but but I don't expect impact with Jordan Grace and all the Mickey James stuff. Tasha Steele's had a run for a while. I'm I'm shocked that they're only number three. Well, wait till you get wait till we get to number one. <laughs> now, impact was number four last year. True, 
True. So, because because they were featuring all that AEW crap, which took away from the, the women actually um, suffered the most because they were featuring all that AEW crap. I, I, is that fair to say? Uh, I think that's a good big part of it. Now, one thing that happened with Impact, um, and now they've, they've kind of completed the transition here, I would say, because at one point they were featuring, a couple of years ago, they were featuring a lot of intergender wrestling. And you didn't have, so you didn't have as many, like just straight up, you know, women's matches. Um, so now what's been happening, so now they don't have as much intergender wrestling now as they used to. And, and they, and now they have, they have more women's matches. So there's been kind of a transition there. Um, and so now if look from last year to this year, they, Big increase in total number of matches. Big increase in average matches per week. A little small increase in number of women wrestling per week. But, and they've had more main events this year. So just in general, they they have improved in just about every way possible this year. So they should get credit for that. Okay, Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit for the for the improvement. At least you're going in the right direction, and you got rid of the impact crap. And it looks like you're you're finally getting away from the Ring of Honor crap a little bit there too, which I'm very happy about. Focus on your own company, Scott. Enough with this other garbage, okay? The and and, and look, I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss everybody off, and good for you. Eddie Edwards is not the key to your success. You already blew it with Moose. So there's really no money in him anymore either. Um, so you really got to start thinking about, well, who could lead this company? For a time, Tessa Blanchard was leading that company. And despite her controversy, you know, that's when you had the most interest. You, you folks kind of crescendo during that time period. You had something going on. You had your own identity. And you haven't recovered since. You have somebody like Atasha Steeles. Um, you can build around her. Give her the money that she needs. I think she just signed a new deal. Make sure that she's happy. You can build around her. You don't need Maria Kanellis. I know that it looks like she's in AEW now. You don't yeah. even need Mickey James. You don't need these, these other folks who are trying to dictate the way it needs to go. No. <laughs> Let me say that. No. I don't believe that either. Because a lot of times they're booking themselves to stand out. And it's like, look, you don't need Mickey James to get Tasha Steeles over in 2023. You need Tasha Steeles to just go out there and wrestle everybody. You need Jordan Grace to go out there and wrestle everybody. Okay? That's it. That's all we want. Let them wrestle. Uh, at least in the case of Tasha Steeles, she can talk her ass off. So put the mic in her hand to let her do whatever you're going to give Mickey James to do talking. Let Tasha Steeles have those those spots. Let whatever you're going to give Gail Kim, let Tasha Steeles have, have those spots. OK, just get out of her way. <laughs> that's all you got to do. And you're going to make money. Imagine that. So, you know, that's my tirade on that. No, no problem. Now, because uh, honestly, um, it would not surprise me if Mickey James... Uh, well, because she's doing this kind of last ride kind of angle, and it's nearing the end now, and so she's going to wrestle Jordan Grace for the Impact Knockout Championship. And if she loses, then you know, according to what, how the story is going, if she loses, then she's done. Good. 
Oh, you're not a Mickey James fan, I take it. <laughs> it's not. I, you know what? I, 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 I like Mickey James a lot, a lot. I actually, I have a tremendous amount of. I'm not a really big fan of her husband, but I like her a lot. Um, but I do feel like she's a vacuum. I feel like she, she's not getting the other people over, and I don't know if maybe she just doesn't know how to do it. But it's very clear that she's she has to be the center of attention. Same thing with Gail Kim. They both have to be the center of attention. Maria Kanellis is a, she takes that to a whole nother level with the way she carries on. Um, and I don't like that because you can't have people like Jordan Grace. You can't especially can't have a, a superstar like Tasha. Ste- if, if Tasha Steele is in the WWE, she would be right up there with Asuka and Alexa she would be, she would be, and, and with the way that she talks on the mic, she probably would give Bianca Belair a hell of a feud. So when I see a person who has that type of star quality, everybody needs to get the hell out of her way. And I think that, you know, the vacuums like Mickey and Gail, they might be great behind the scenes, but just take your ass behind the scenes. Let the star be the star, please. It's her time now. So that's my take on that. Well, um, I guess... We'll see what happens in in the next year because uh, the field is kind of thinning out there. Yeah, uh, we, they have you know, to rebuild. Uh, yeah, because uh, well, uh, Emma, you know, Tennille Dashwood, she's back in WWE. Uh, they they Emma, screwed up with Frost, Lady Frost. Uh, yeah, I don't know, know what happened there, but uh, Mia Yim is back in WWE now. So they and uh, rumor is Chelsea Green. The rumors that Chelsea Green will be back in WWE. Yeah, so, I don't know what WWE is doing with some of these additions, but that's another story. Yeah, um, um, you should have so gotten the, Tasha Steeles. What the hell is Mia Yim going to do that Tasha Steeles can't do 10 times? Oh, no, oh, no, come on now. No, no, Mia Yim. Tasha Steeles. Mia Yim is excellent, man. Come on now. You're not, no, no, I'm not going to stand for this, okay? No. I like me. Listen, Mia Yim. No, 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 I'm not. No, no, no. You are not. No, I'm not going to stand for this. No, you Mia Yim gonna. had me blocked for a while because I, I commented that if everybody is is turning on her in NXT, maybe she's the problem. And I think she took what I said personally, which that was definitely not my intention. I was 110% talking in storyline. That was when I think it was her and um, I think her and Bianca were feuding, maybe. Oh, maybe it was around okay. that time when oh, she blocked She thought she was talking real life. Not she thought I was talking real life, and I wasn't. I, I actually I have a lot of respect for Mia Yim, and I have a soft spot for her. Like everybody. I think everybody has a soft spot for Mia Yim because... She she should have had more, especially in her prime. And unfortunately, a lot of time was wasted in impact. But let me tell you something. In 2022 and 2023, I just don't want to see Mia Yim in a featured role when people like Tasha Steeles exist. And that doesn't mean we can't, well, why can't we have both? Well, there's a reason why we can't have both. Because Mia Yim is Dana Brooke and Tasha Steeles is Tasha Banks. And Tasha no, Steeles is Tasha no, Banks. No, no, okay? no. Okay? Now take no, that no. where it is. No, no. <laughs> and I no, like no. Dana Brooke. But, okay. No, no. But she, no, she's a, okay. there's a reason why she's in the 24 7 segments and she's not headlining WrestleMania. Look, me, okay, no, you're not okay. putting me and Yim in the Listen, same boat with Dana Brooke. Stop it. Stop I'm it. Right me now. and Yim on this TV during the pay per view. What was that? Survivor Series? No, and she was one of the, she was one of the most she was one of the best people in that match. Let me tell you Her, something, Dakota Kai. Let me tell you okay. something. And shout out to Dakota Kai. First of all, Bianca Belair was a disaster in that match. By the way, it's because she overtrained. She was training for this thing. She overtrained, so she was weak. You could tell she kept dropping people on their heads. She nearly killed Bailey with that power bomb. 
She she completely beat the hell out of Dakota Kai for no reason. Um, she hurt uh, Ido Shirai. Like just I don't know what Bianca was. That was probably her worst performance I've ever seen. That's another. And I love Bianca. She's still number one, but that was terrible. But but let me tell you something. My bodyguard was sitting here, and she saw Mia Yim, and she was like, "This girl doesn't even know how to walk to the ring." And I said, "See what I mean?" Now look, that's not a wrestling fan, Rob. That's not a wrestling fan. She said her presence didn't even make sense. Come on now, Rob. Come on. Look, I'm, I'm no look, look. I'm, I'm, I got, I'm going down the hill on this one, man. Okay. I and am. this is a woman that loved Naomi. This is a woman that that you know she likes uh, Bianca. She loves Charlotte. This is a woman that that was you know she she thought highly of the Bella Twins. This is a woman who loves Sasha Banks. She looks at Miriam and she's like, that ain't it. She loves Asuka, you know, because she has to tolerate wrestling because of me. So she sees, she <laughs> she looks at the women and is like, okay, I like her. I don't like her. She looks at Miriam and she's like, she shouldn't even be in the ring. Okay? So take oh. that for what it's worth. She, 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 listen, I think she'd be a great PC trainer. Put her in the PC and let her train the next generation. I don't want to see her on TV wrestling. Wow. Okay. Um. All righty then. I'm gonna get you canceled, bro. I'm gonna get you canceled. All right. <laughs> um. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh, I will agree to disagree with you on that one. Oh, okay. moving on. Let's go to number two before before me okay. blocks me and it blocks you too. <laughs> All right. Um. Number two is Monday Night Raw. Incredible. And. The way that Impact took a major step forward this year, Monday Night Raw took a major step back. Incredible. And, yeah, and honestly, if Impact, they had one kind of bad month as far as booking matches, if it hadn't been for that bad month, they'd they'd be neck and neck with Raw. Okay. Um, Raw took it. took a major step back this year, um, and it's it's um, major. And it hasn't, and it has not gotten better in the Triple H. In fact, in some in some metrics, um, it's it, it's gone down a little bit. That's. I mean, that's interesting. So um, this is consistent with the SmackDown issue. Well, SmackDown is flat basically, except that they have a few. They have more women wrestling per week because, again, like I said, they did. They've done some fatal four ways. They've done more tag team matches since Triple H took over. Um, Raw since Triple H took over has been doing fewer matches per week than before he took over. Um, in fact, they are doing. Right. Since he took over, they're doing 1.58 matches per week. And before he took over, this year before he took over, they were doing 1.76. So, I mean, it's not a huge difference, but it is a difference. Um, now, I know a lot of people, it's, you know, a lot of people... You know, some people I talk to are thinking that it's better because mainly because, you know, they have the big storyline with damage control and they, they do get a lot of prime spots on TV. 
they do they get to op- they have gotten to open Monday Night Raw several times. They've gotten the main event Monday Night Raw several times. And so I know some people are looking at that and they're saying that is an improvement. And the thing about it is once you get past that, as far as how many matches they're booking per week, it's down it's it's down from earlier this year and for and for the year it's down from last year. And uh, there's, there's just no, there's no way to spin that. It's, it's, it's down. They're, they're not, they're doing less than they did last year. So, so you, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. Triple H deserves some blame for this. Um, well, okay. Well, no, I think, well, I think there's blame to go all around because earlier this year when, when Vince was still running it, there were a few people that they, that they had lose so many times that they're not even credible. To, you know, um, like, for example, uh, Duke Drop. They she got beat so many times that when she comes out there now, you know she's losing. Uh, so at this point, just from a winning and losing standpoint, there's you know there's no suspense in the match when she comes out there. And so when when you have somebody like that who's been beaten so many times, that there's just no you know that, that there's zero reason to believe they're going to win this time. I, you know, it's it makes it difficult to put them on TV again in that in in that kind of spot. So that's not on Hunter. That's on that's on Vince because I mean, Vince well, and that's move. that's unfortunate with Dewdrop in particular because I think that her chemistry with Bianca in particular is the best thing in that whole women's division. And I know somebody's going to take offense to what I just said, but go back and watch those matches they've had over the past two years, and you tell me. Well, the the problem though is that they did it so many times, and she got beat all of them, and all of them. And I'm not saying that Dewdrop. I'm not saying that you should have booked Dewdrop to beat Bianca, but they had they ran that match so many times, and they had her lose all of them, pretty much. I think she, she may have won one by countout or something, but um, but they ran that match several times. Every time Bianca beat her, beat her clean, one, two, three, and then. When they um, because you know, then they um, the Dewdrop had she had the she got the title shot with Becky this past January, and that and that was a completely suspense free match. No, I mean nobody would have a brain thought you know that there was any chance of that title change in that match, and so Dewdrop has just been beaten like a drum to the point where like, you know. So they did that with her. They did that with they did that with Nikki Cross. She got beat so many times that. You know, it's just again, it's, it's she's just even now. I mean, they changed her gimmick around, but you, you still don't think she's going to win, and so that makes it hard to put people back out there on TV. And then the other thing is, um, you know, Dana Brooke and Tamina—they were doing the twenty-four-seven stuff on you know under Vince. And if you li- if you like the twenty-four-seven stuff, then you enjoyed really enjoyed what they were doing. I I am I was a fan of the twenty-four-seven stuff. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was really entertaining. It got them on TV every week. They had match. They had, had stuff to do every week, and eliminating that took them off of TV. Uh, and that essentially eliminated a chunk, a pretty sizable chunk of your women's participation every week by getting rid of the twenty four seven stuff because you took two people off of TV who had been on there every week or almost every week. So I, you can put that on Hunter. Um, 
And then as far as the rest of the division, um, yeah, I just, you know, it's kind of puzzling really um, because, I mean, you had six women in that one feud and they didn't explore all the matchup possibilities. I mean, Bianca wrestled EO a couple of times. I think Bailey wrestled Alexa once and yeah, I think she may have wrestled Oscar once, but we, 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 you know, but there are different type of match possibilities. There are a bunch of different match possibilities. You could run out of that feud that they didn't run on television. Um, and they didn't have any, they very rarely had any of those six women wrestle anybody else either. Once that got going. And so it's just, there's, you know, you know, so some of it's not his fault, like I said, you know, because some of the women there got just beaten to the ground to the point where you couldn't send them back out there credibly. And but then also there's some unexplored stuff on his part. I think and I think and you can rightly criticize him for that. Now, of course, this all flies in the face of last night where they had, you know, where they did exactly the kind of thing that we want them to do <laughs> where they had, you know, they had two triple threat matches and one of them was the main event and both of them got over 15 minutes long. And they, they've been so, doing that a lot lately, right? The, the, the past um, couple of months, well, it seems there's been more the, okay, women in but, main events or, or longer matches for Raw in particular. Uh, well, Raw has had longer. Well, one thing, okay, Triple H has been booking on average longer matches in general than Vince was. And that's one of the things I've been looking at also. He's been booking longer matches in general. And, yeah, I mean, the women have gotten some more main events, like through this damage control program. They've gotten a good number of main events. So give so you do need to give them credit for that. But there's still been a lot of weeks where they've had only one match on the show, on a three-hour three show now. One match on a two-hour show, you know, is going to get you looked at funny. One match on a three-hour show is just unacceptable. Like, I don't care. I mean, people can, you know, people say, well, people don't like Tamina and Dana Brooke, but but damn it, I mean, send them out there for two minutes. You know, you know it's better than not having, it's better than having one women's match all week in a three-hour show. Well said, well said. Well, now you, you have us with, in, in bated breath here. Who is number one for the year? NXT, and it is not close. They blew everybody away. Not close. Were you surprised? Um, well, they were number two last year. I was surprised. You know, I, yes, I was because I was surprised at just the the volume that they got in. And, and this is in a two-hour show, mind you, okay? They have two matches every week. And then there are a lot of weeks where they have three matches. Some weeks they've had four. In a two-hour show, okay? So when we criticize everybody else, okay, my start, the reason, I criti- the reason we can criticize everybody else so much is because NXT has a two-hour show, and they have two matches every week. They have three matches a lot of times they've had four matches sometimes also. Okay. And on top of that, like when AEW, when they, when they do those little tournaments, you know, I forgot what that tournament was. They did for the, the Owen Hart tournament they did for the women. 
Well, they just had the tournament match every week, and they didn't have a regular women's match. Okay. NXT did a they did a women's Dusty Cup tag team tournament, and they did a I forgot the name of it, but it's like a tournament for like up and comers or whatever. They did both of those for the women's side this year. But they had those matches and the regular women's matches. So they didn't they didn't use those tournaments to replace the regular matches. They used they had the tournament matches and they had the regular matches on top of that. And and you know something? That's why I keep saying that the WWE women's division is going to be incredible for years to come because look, some of these NXT women could be on TV today and they would make sense. I mean, I, I know Tiffany Stratton took time off because she, she ended up getting um, a boob job. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. If that's what she wanted, that's then congratulations on that. I know that a lot of these women have problems with that, though, because these fake breasts are not built to take bumps. I've, I've had numerous women through the years come on the show and talk about the danger of these things rupturing. And how it puts their lives in danger as a result of that. And it's like, damn, you never think about that. But it's a thing, right? Yeah. So, yes. you know, it's unfortunate that if she did it because that's what she wanted and that's the end of it, fine. But I hope there was no one in that company who made her feel like that was something she had to do. Because that's been a rumor through the years that at least at one time there were people like Laurinaitis who would make suggestions like that, right? Yes. So I hope that wasn't the case in, in this sense. But... As far as her wrestling ability, her character work, I find uh, Tiffany Stratton, I think more than anybody, including Roxy or Roxanne, whatever they call her, I think Tiffany Stratton is the most likely to be a successful champion on the main roster of all the NXT women. I just find her incredible. I think she's always. I always hedge a little bit on all the NXT people, the men and women, because it's a very controlled space, and it is a much more it is a much more controlled space than anywhere else. So you're, you know, from for me, you're really not you're not going to really know for sure until they get out of that that very controlled space and how they adapt. Um, that is the only that's. You know, that's my hedge against pretty much anyone on NXT. Was, yeah, uh, is that it's a very controlled environment. It's a very controlled space. It is a space where they do everything to hide your weaknesses and maximize your strengths. And so until we see people out of that very controlled space, we're not really going to know for sure who can, who's going to be able to adapt and who isn't on the main roster. That's always my pitch for the NXT. Well said. Well said. Well, there, there's a list, folks. So do it, what you may. Rob, where can they go to, to see it for themselves so they're not just taking our word for it? Okay, so I I, I constantly update this. Uh, I have there's a, It's on my website, robsagenius.com. And so, and I have it at the beginning, you know, I have it at the very top. This is an ongoing project, and it, you know, and it gets updated you know, constantly as I get more information, because look, there's, you know, there's a new show every week, obviously. Uh, and so when stuff is finished, I, you know, I added in and I changed the numbers and all of that stuff. And, but you can find it there. 
and so, the, so these things, because I have, I have one for this year, I have one for last year, and then I have one that's kind of just an overall historical thing where I go back a few years. And again, those are constantly being updated as I get more information. Great stuff. Great stuff. Listen, Rob, uh, before you go, I do, I do want to ask you one last thing. Um, cause I, I put out a tweet and I pointed out that certain people like Athena and Ruby, uh, Soho and, uh, Claudio FTR Miro Alistair or, or Malachi Black, uh, Andrade. These were all mid carters in the WWE, right? Yes, they had moments where they might have main evented, you know, certain things, but for the most part, these are mid carters. And people talked about how they were misused and all this other nonsense, and they were going to be game changers. They're going to game change when they go to AEW. Well, <laughs> They're all mid-carters or no carters at all, <laughs> not even on the card uh, in AEW. They're, most of them, if not all of them, are actually lower in the depth chart in AEW than they were in the WWE. Imagine that. In AEW, less people are watching today, less people going to the live events and spending money. Um, so these folks were not difference makers in any kind of real positive way for any significant period of time. And that's why, you know, the the promoter has lost confidence in all of them for the most part. We can see that because they're not being booked and other people are. You tell me what that means, folks. Um, but I wonder, and I just want your opinion on this, is this an example of two companies just dropping the ball and no one knows how to book these talents? Or is it the talents? And that, and the fact is they're just not more than mid-card. What do you think, Rob? Well, all right, well, here's one thing. All right. So now the past several weeks, or the past three weeks, um, now I know that we have said before that Nielsen numbers are not particularly trustworthy. And my end, but I've always added on to that, though, that if you're getting less today with Nielsen than you were getting a month ago, then that still counts. Okay. You know, if you were getting, uh, now, you know, one million with Nielsen isn't really one million. But if you were getting one million with Nielsen last month, but this month you're getting eight hundred thousand, then that that's a real decrease. That is a real decline. Well, no matter what the actual numbers might be, it is absolutely a decline, and you can count that. Okay. So for the past three weeks, they've been in the eight hundred thousands which is the lowest they've been all year. Now you can say that, well, like all those people you named are not on the show and they're in there in the 800,000s. So it's not those people's fault. And you could say very, you could very easily say that the people they're putting on the show instead of those people are the problem. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and so now, I mean, those people you mentioned, they all have a case now to say, hey, you know, these past this past month or so, you know, you you haven't put us on the show and you, and your numbers are lower, so can't blame us. Now, as far as being better off there than in WWE, I think is a case by case basis. Now, look, some of these folks got released from WWE, so 
I mean, if if WWE releases you, AEW offers you a contract, you take it. And and you just, you know, and, and things go however they go. But now for the people who, you know, were not released, but who asked out of the, from WWE, um, just it. I mean, it depends. Like, because for example, um, well, yeah, just it just depends. Um, I think it's something now. There have been rumors and reports of, you know, backstage politics and what have you going on in AEW. So for like FTR, for example. There's been, you know, rumors, reports for a while that they are definitely that they are being undermined by the young bucks. Backstage. Yeah, but but there there were backstage politics rumors in WWE as well. I'm not saying it's not true. In fact, I, I, I'm more likely to believe it in AEW than than anything um, because it doesn't make any sense the way that they've been booked. But you got to wonder. So when are they going to change their their political affiliation if if uh, their politics keeps getting undermined at everywhere they go? Yeah, well, well, all right, my short answer. Well, look, I got, okay, well, I have a quick and easy answer. And my quick and easy answer is that most people in every wrestling company are mid-carders. There are only a few people who truly are main event level talents in every company. There aren't that many. And there are, there are a lot of people, there are, you know, and I'll say fans in particular on the internet who believe that you know, that there are all that there are these just tens and dozens of wrestlers out there who could be main eventers if they were only booked right. I have long since believed that is not true. Um, most people, most wrestlers fit somewhere in the mid card. Okay. Then now some of them are talented enough. You know, some of them are so talented that you can watch them work and you might think that, oh, well, yeah, maybe they should be in the main event. But for the most part, there aren't that many main eventers in every wrestling company. Most of your roster fits somewhere in the middle, in the mid card, or doing tag teams or something. All right. Um, prime example, Claudio, right? or, or you know, Cesaro, right? He's mid card WWE forever, and he was an internet darling. People were going on the internet every day saying he should be world champion, he should be the main event, and all that kind of stuff. Um, he finally he got a pay per view main event with Roman Reigns. And went out there to do promos, and it was bad. And and like by the time the match came around, look, I don't think anybody was really giving him any chance of winning, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I just don't. I you know, I mean, now look, should more people get? Are there more people? Should more people get title shots on every company's roster? Sure. Or should more people get, you know, featured in, you know, maybe a bit more prominent roles on TV sometimes? Yes. But this idea that there are all these main event wrestlers out there who are just not being booked right. That no, that is just that is not true. Now there there are some people who should be on TV more than they are. There are some people who should get title shots who, who aren't. Yes, that that yes. There are even people who should get maybe a run with a mid card title or something that, that aren't getting that. Yes, that those things are true. But this idea that there are these, just, just all these people out there who are who should be main eventing, and and if they were only if only they were booked right, they would be this main event level talent, et cetera, et cetera. I do not believe that is true. If you were to ask me who could come from who could come from WWE, who would actually make a difference in AEW, 
um, just maybe a handful of people. All right. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, um, John Cena. Right. I mean, people like that. Um, you know, on the women's side, I mean, Sasha and Becky, maybe. Or Ronda Rousey. Okay. Like people that would actually, people that would get you. Because when you think of like the Monday Night Wars. All right. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash go over to WCW. People stopped watching Monday Night Raw to watch Nitro. Hulk Hogan turns. People stopped watching Raw to watch Nitro. How many people, if they showed up on Dynamite, would get people to say, you know what? I don't need to watch WWE anymore. What I need to see is here on Dynamite. I mean, how many people would actually, you know, would trigger that type of switch today? Not that many. Not that many. And certainly nobody in AEW because it would have happened by now. So, I mean, because look, you know. I mean, Moxley made a big, you know, when he came over there, it was a big deal because he was such a big deal in WWE. And, and yes, it made people pay attention. And yes, it did get some people over to watching Dynamite. Uh, Chris Jericho did get some people watching Dynamite that, you know, were, either were watching WWE or had, had stopped watching WWE. Yes, he did. Uh, but Kenny Omega ain't getting nobody to watch Dynamite who didn't already watch Kenny Omega in New Japan. It's true. Okay. Um, same with the Young Bucks. Same with Hangman Page. Look, the, the people who watched them, the people who tune in to see them, were watching them in Ring of Honor or in New Japan or on or doing indie stuff. Um, nobody's gonna stop. Nobody's nobody who's a regular WWE viewer is gonna change their viewing habits. You know, because now they want to watch Kenny Omega on Dynamite, okay? That just has not been borne out by anything. Um, CM Punk got some people. But, you know, um, there just aren't that many. Because, look, there, there weren't that many in the Monday Night Wars. The Monday Night Wars, it was the NWO. It was Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Three people. And then, uh, you know, and then you can throw in Savage and Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? That that came over and made a difference. So out of all those wrestlers who worked for WCW at the time, and they had a pretty big roster, there were five maybe that actually forced a change in viewing habits. Okay. That's what we're when we talk about difference maker, that's what we mean. We mean that's what I mean anyway. I mean that by showing up on on that show, instead of the one I'm currently watching, I'm willing to stop watching the show I was watching because, you know, you're the one I want to see and you're over there now. Okay. There are not that many people who will force a change in viewing habits. Okay. By going to AEW. There aren't. And and that's, that's just... And that's look. That's not and so those all those folks who went over there, whether they went over there because they got released or whether they went over there because they asked out and were allowed to go. Um, I mean, the reality is, again, most people in the look just like look. I think what Chris Rock said this once: most people at their jobs are B plus or you know you're above average, right? There there aren't that many 
people who are just super duper outstanding at their jobs to the point where it makes this phenomenal difference for the pay state work. Most people are something a degree of average or above average. That's, that's not, a, you know, I mean, you, you can take that as a diss. If, if you take that as an insult, then I don't know what to tell you, but that's reality. Okay. Um, look at, or hell, look, look at professional sports, right? I mean, there are, there are two or three NFL quarterbacks who make a, who are the difference between winning and losing every week, or maybe four or five. Okay. The rest of them, you know, you do what you can with them, right? <laughs> I mean, um, and you, you hope to put things in place that accentuate what they're good at so that you can win some games. But they're only a handful that just by being there make, you know, can win you games. And that's just how it is everywhere in, you know, every profession. There are a handful of people who truly are cut above. Everyone else is some degree of functional, you know, some are better than others, obviously, you know, some are B plus, some are C minus. And, but there are only, there are only a few A level people in any profession. So, You know, to those people who left or were released from WWE and were in AEW, if you're in the kind of the same spot you were in, um, then you know you've got two choices. You 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 know you look yourself in the mirror and you know, you know you figure out what you can do to get above that, um, or you'd say, okay, well, I'm going to max out, you know, what I can do in this space. You know, um, but if you're going to keep hopping around for this idea that, well, they'll get used better here, um, like Miro. Miro's a mid-carder, okay? Doesn't mean he's not a talented wrestler. Doesn't mean he's not good at talking on TV or playing a character. It doesn't mean that. But in the grand scheme of things, he's he's a mid-carder, okay? You know? Uh, He could be a very entertaining mid-carder, so as a fan, you should want him to get on TV and you should enjoy what he does when he's there. So if you want right now, you should be pushing for Miro to get on TV because he's not there. And again, their audience numbers are down. So you can make a case that not having some of these people, not booking these people on the show and, and instead booking some of these folks that they are, you know, all these ring of honor matches that they're running on dynamite now and whatnot. I think that is a detriment. And I think, yes, you probably would have a bigger audience if you put these people on there. Um, so we'll, and you know, we'll see how it goes, you know, cause Malachi black is you know, the house of black has returned, but you know, Miro is still not getting put on very often. FTR is not getting put on very often. Andrade is injured right now. Uh, but you know, right now I think, well, I'd say those folks do have a case right now because they're not on TV and the show's numbers are down, <laughs> but they wouldn't, they wouldn't be getting 2 million viewers if you put all those people on the show, though. Let's be honest. There is a reason why they call him Rob the Genius. Okay? Doesn't get any better than that. Listen, Rob, tell everybody, how can they keep up with you and everything you have going on? All righty. So uh, I have a website, robsagenius.com. You can, all the stuff I write there, you can read there. And I write about lots of stuff. Uh, I have the Rob the Genius podcast. 
and I have it. You know, I do a new episode every couple of weeks. There, you can also hear me on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast every week as part of the Share Shot Radio Network with GJ and Jason. And you can find me on Twitter at R B O N N E one. And I think that's everything. <laughs> This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.